0: From the castle to Heartbreak High, Guy Pearce to Cape Blanchett, Australia's art scene has shaped our culture and put the nation on the global stage. Today, the federal government is unveiling a new cultural policy, the first in over a decade, which it says will help level the playing field and replenish funding and resources lost over the last few decades. Sarah Hanson young is the Green spokesperson for the arts and joins me here in the studio.
1: Welcome. Thanks for having me, PK. It's wonderful to be here. Is
0: this $300 million funding boost enough to revive the cultural sector?
1: Look, it's a start. I think there needs to be um, overall um, much more money put in. But let's just take a step back for a moment. We've had a decade of the arts in this country sidelined at best and attacked, attacked and undermined at worst. And yet when we think about as a nation, you know, When things are going wrong, when times are tough, when we're in the middle of a crisis, whether that's a bushfire or a flood or COVID, who do we rely on? We rely on our artists and our creatives to not just make sense of what's going on, but to help us get through it, to help us heal. And for the last decade, they've been ignored and sidelined. And it's time that we have a rethink of how we incorporate our creative and our artistic sector and the work that our artists do into all of government. This isn't just about the art department. One of the things that um, seems to be missing so far in the government's announcement is an investment in the education of the arts and culture. And I really would like to see more on that. And I'll be talking to the minister about that. What do you mean by the education? Well, I think every child in this nation, every school student should have the opportunity to learn music, to learn art, to be absorbed, to absorb culture. And that's essential. At the moment, it's done as as an add-on, as an optional extra, when actually it should be fundamental to how we learn. If we want the smartest, the most resourceful, the most perceptive new generation of workers in this country, we've got to make sure they have access to that art education.
0: You're also calling for a 20% quota on revenue so that a a fifth of the profits made, for instance, by Netflix or Stan or, or Paramount would go directly into
1: making Australian content. How did you get to that figure? That figure is really important. It should be a minimum of that 20%. Other countries around the world are looking at this issue. Of course, our Australian stories are essential for helping us understand who we are, where we've come from, where we're going, how we make sense of the world, how other people see us, how we want other people to see us. And in other countries, uh, in uh, France, and Italy, um, they've got a quota of twenty percent. The EU is thirty. Canada has a variety of different quotas, um, so that twenty percent is the bare minimum. And um, this is this will require legislation. I'm thankful that the government is considering this, that they're putting this on the table. Uh, we'll have to ne- enter into negotiations, and I'll be pushing very hard in the Senate with our uh, balance of power there to say. Um, if we're going to do this, we've got to do this properly. Mm. Australian stories are essential for reflecting who we are and where we want to go, and it's jobs rich. Tens of thousands of jobs in Australia rely on this. Um, millions of dollars is brought in, uh, and it's an important part of our even our soft diplomacy.
0: Absolutely. I
1: want to turn to
0: uh, the other big story of today, which is The Voice. You've declared your support for the Yes campaign along with the South Australian Greens. The Federal Greens is holding a party room meeting later this week. What's that about? Is it is it to contemplate whether you'll support as a party the Yes campaign?
1: Well, of course, in order to establish the referendum there needs to be uh, legislation in the parliament. So as any piece of legislation comes before the parliament, we consider that and we look at it and we scrutinise it. So that's the first thing um, that we'll be discussing is uh, what what is on the table from the government? What is the plan? But you're right, I've been a big supporter of the Uluru Statement and um, many of my colleagues are. This is It was a generous offering by First Nations people. The question is, how do we make sure that is implemented in full? The voice is one part of it, but of course, so is treaty and so is truth. And I want to see progress on all of those elements. And I want to make sure we can bring as many uh, supporters together as possible to ensure that we get that progress. It would be devastating if uh, we didn't get progress on all three. It would be devastating. We need to make sure we have First Nations justice uh, and uh, we need. We, we all have to do more.
0: Lydia Thorpe has put a major caveat on her supporters. You know that it guarantees Indigenous sovereignty was not ceded. Now, of course, all the experts say it's not. It's not going to cede Indigenous sovereignty. Are you comfortable it won't cede Indigenous sovereignty?
1: Well, I think, and um, Lydia has been uh, upfront with her her view, and and I'm um, you know I'm thankful for that. And she's a big supporter of. Making sure we progress these things as well, and I don't, you know, I think that that needs to be understood. She's there are different views about how the best way forward is. Um, there's different views across the broad community, uh, across First Nations communities, um, but we are all committed mm. to making sure we have progress. But on the question of sovereignty. On this, that, of course, is one thing that the government um, has been asked to to clarify and, and I welcome the government making sure they come forward strongly and clarify that. The readings that I have um, taken show me that, uh, you know, um, that perhaps those concerns um, could be very easily dealt with. Um, but I want to see progress. I don't want this held up just because uh, we can't get to a good place of working together.
0: Lydia Thorpe is currently the Green spokesperson on Indigenous affairs. Would she continue in that role if she decides to advocate no? And she certainly was quite negative about the referendum, as you know, at these demonstrations.
1: Well, portfolio is a decision of um, the leader. But what and do that's you a, think? Can, is that realistic? Uh, I, look, I think um, at this point I'm focused on making sure that we can be as united as possible because I want to see progress on First Nations justice. I don't want to see... Um, First Nations justice derailed because uh, those who for far too long have wanted to see First Nations voices sidelined, that have held us back. The racist dog whistling that I'm hearing from some quarters of the conservative elements in this country, um, we have to confront them full full on, look them in the eye and say "Our, our country is better than this. Do you think treaty is at risk if there's a no vote that comes, that eventuates? Well, this is why we need to make sure that uh, in going forward, um, you know, the government's put some money on the table for uh, treaty and truth and Makarata already. But I'm talking about the political capital,
0: like if there's a no vote, what happens to treaty?
1: Well, I'm hoping there won't be a no vote, Patricia, because I want to see progress on all three elements and that's what I'm going to be working towards. But you um, but, do think what do you I wa- agree
0: with the Uluru statement? Well, people that that the uh, sorry, I've only got thirty seconds. Let's do this briefly. But that that um, the voice has
1: to happen first. I think what we've been confronted, what we what we are facing at the moment is a plan from the government. We want to scrutinise that. We want to make sure it works, and we want to make sure all three elements are progressed. I'm committed to doing that.
0: Thank you. That's the Green Senator and spokesperson for the Arts, Sarah Hanson Young